the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. Our story today, the soldier and his spoils, centers around one person in this story who messed up. He did the wrong thing, and it influenced many people. It still illustrates our point that each of us has the potential to influence all kinds of people, either for the better or for the worse. And nowhere is this more evident than in this story that we want to look at in Joshua chapter 6 and Joshua chapter 7. Chapter 6, Joshua, as you know, begins a military campaign in the land of Canaan. And the very first city they come up against is a city called Jericho. Now remember... Uh, Israel had been in bondage in Egypt, slaves, for 400 years. God uses a man named Moses, we talked about him last week, to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. They then wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. An entire generation dies off. And now it's Joshua's turn to lead Israel into the land of Canaan, And the first city they come up against is Jericho. And Jericho is known for this gigantic wall that goes clear around the city. And you know the story. Just by obeying God, it's in chapter 6. Day number 1, God told them just to march around the walls. Day 2, march around the walls. One time. Day 3, march around the walls. But on the seventh day... I want you to march seven times. And at the end of that week, the seventh day on the seventh lap, without firing a single weapon, but simply by obeying God, Jericho is soundly defeated. It is the thrill of victory. What chapter is this? Chapter 6. Then we come to chapter 7. Write this down. Chapter 7 is the agony of defeat. Chapter 6, they beat this city uh, that's got this wall. The wall comes tumbling down. They are victorious. Then they come to this little tiny town called Ai. Everybody say Ai. Ai. And in Ai, Israel is routed. They are soundly defeated. 
And if you read the whole story, chapter 7, it's all because of one guy named Achan and his sin and his disobedience. So in this story, as you read through it, there's a lot of lessons. And uh, most of the lessons have to do with sin. And I know that's not your favorite topic, but we're going to talk about it here today. Can someone say amen? <laughs> Number one, write this down. Sin has it, its allure. This guy named Achan, he went against God's instructions, and he actually took some of the spoils from the Canaanites. He wasn't supposed to do that. And then he hid them in his tent. Later, it was uncovered, and he was confronted with his sin, and he explained exactly what happened. In Joshua chapter 7, verse 20, Achan said, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. And in verse 21, he explains in vivid detail. He said in verse 21, when I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe, and I saw, I saw the 200 shekels of silver, and I saw a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, he said, I coveted them. And then I, what? I took them. And then I hid them in the ground inside my tent. So I want you to write those four things. He said, I saw, I coveted, I took, I hid. You can see all that in verse 21. And isn't that the way sin usually happens? The first thing you see something, and then you want it, and then you take it, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to cover it up. Satan attempts to make sin appealing on the outside. It's one of his tricks. It's like a trap. And we're like bugs to a blue light. We get zapped over and over again. Satan cannot make us sin. I want to say that again. Satan cannot make anybody sin. But he is an illusionist. He is an impressionist. And he paints these pictures all the time. And according to John uh, 8, verse 44, uh, there is no truth in him. So when he paints a picture, it's all a lie. It's all a mirage. But he paints these pictures to get us to sin. And we sin because we keep falling for his schemes over and over again. Sin has this allure. But number two, write this down. Sin always has consequences. How many of you could give testimony that whenever you disobey God, there's consequences? There's just consequences. It's just true. There are three laws of reaping. I want you to write this down. This, this, just, this is the law. We reap what we sow. That's what the Bible says. We reap more than what we sow. And we reap later than we sow. And what that means is that no one ever gets away with sin. We think that we can outwit God, outfox God, hide from God. We think that we can hide things from our family, that we can hide things from the Lord, that we can hide things from our parents, 
that we can hide things from the pastor, that we can hide things from our friends. But ladies and gentlemen, God is the one who sees all and God knows all. You can't hide anything from God. But at the end of the story, in verse 25, they take Achan and his family, his sons and his daughters, his cattle, his sheep, and his donkeys, and all of them are stoned to death, all because of his sin and disobedience. Usually we hear that, and immediately we go, man, that seems unfair. The reason we think it's unfair is that all of us at some point fail to understand how serious God is about sin. And the reason we fail to understand how serious God is about sin is because all of us have justified our own sin at some point in our lives. And we try to ignore the fact, and we kind of deny the truth, that there are consequences for our sins. Sin blinds us. It desensitizes us. It dulls us. It calluses our hearts. And that's where we are as a nation today. We as a nation, we have called good things evil, and we call evil things good in this nation. We even have parades for things that God says is wrong in this country. And over and over again, over and over again in God's Word, there are blessings for people who obey God's Word, and there is discipline and punishment for those who disobey God. Sin in our hearts or in our family or in a church or in a marriage or in a company or in a nation will always have consequences. Number three, write this down. Sin will be uncovered. Whether you're telling a lie or whether you've harmed someone or you're involved in drugs or in thefts or you have violated someone's trust or you use pornography or you've experienced or been a part of sexual infidelity or you have some uh, secret hobby that goes against God's plan for your life or you've ruined someone else's reputation or you got caught up in some addiction or gambling. This is what the Bible says in Numbers 32, 23. It says, you may be sure of this, that your sin eventually will find you out. In other words, your sin will be uncovered. And I want you to write this down. It's not a matter of if your sin will be uncovered. It's a matter of when. It will happen. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5, He, God, everybody say God, God will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose even the motives of men's heart. It's not just the deeds that we do. God will actually expose the motives of our hearts. Back in our story dealing with Achan, remember what he did. He took some things and he hid them in his tent and Achan thought that no one would ever find out, right? That's why he did it. He thought, no one, no one will ever know. Well, in verses 14 through 18, there's this dramatic scene. I don't want to read it, but I want to explain to you how it happens. God's going to point out who it was that took those devoted things. Because God, God knows everything, amen? amen? So they have this dramatic scene where God wants the entire nation to walk in front of him. 
and God is going to somehow by casting lots, he's going to reveal who it was. Now, don't forget there's about 2 million Jews. They're in 12 tribes. So he has a march in front according to their tribe. So first of all, he has, say, the tribe of Benjamin walks by. Then he has the tribe of Gad. They walk by. Then they have the tribe of Asher. They walk by. Then they have the tribe of Simeon. And he walks by. And then they have the tribe of Joseph. They walk by. Then they have the tribe of Naphtali. They walk by. Then they have the tribe of Judah. And when Judah comes by, God says, stop, this is the tribe. And everybody went. And then he said, I want the entire tribe of Judah now to walk by. And of course, the whole tribe is made up of family clans. In other words, large gatherings of people. They have multiplied so many times. And so the entire tribe of Judah walks by. Clan after clan walk by. And then according to verse 17, the clan of Zerah walks by. And God says, stop, this is the clan. It's the Zerites. And then he said, I want the the clan of Zerah to walk by. Of course, the clan of Zerah, they all came from Zerah. And there's different families. So they had every family in that clan walk by. And as they walked by one family after another, here came the family of Zimri. And when Zimri, the family of Zimri walked by, God said, stop right there. It's this family. And then he said, I want the family of Zimri to walk by one by one. So this son walked by, this son walked by, this son walked by. Here came Achan. And when Achan got in front, God said, he's the man right there. After he gets caught, he confesses. Don't we always confess after we get caught? He confesses, but he does not repent. And there's all kinds of people who will confess, yeah, I did it. But they don't repent from it. Confession is admitting it. Repentance is turning from it. And that's one of the most important lessons you will ever learn in your life because the truth is we're all sinners here today. The problem is, is have we ever repented of those sins? Have we ever turned from those sins? Note to self, we serve a God who came to forgive us of our sins. If, if we confess and if we repent and if we turn to Jesus, Jesus will forgive you of all unrighteousness. It's why he came. But he wants you to turn. Now, if you desire just to hide that sin, keep that sin, God will eventually uncover that sin. Write this down. Hiding sin is futile. You're you're just wasting energy trying to hide that sin. There's nothing you do that goes unseen by God. God knows when you sit down. He knows when you stand up. He knows when you lie, lie down. He sees things in the daytime and he sees things in the nighttime. There's nowhere you can go that goes beyond the eyes of God. My real question is this. Why didn't God, when Achan did wrong, why didn't God just zap Achan right there? Why did he go through this big thing where I'm going to have all of you come down here, then all the clans and all the families and all the tribes? And and why did he go through that? Well, for two reasons. One was for dramatic effect. But secondly, I think he wanted to give Achan time to come forward and simply acknowledge and confess and repent of what he had done. And had he repented, God would have forgiven him. 
and I do not believe he would have been stoned, he and his family. My last point, and this, this is really the main point. I had to go through all that to get to this. But sin always affects other people. It's never just you. Sin has this effect on the body as a whole. Our number one excuse for sinning is it's my life. I'll do whatever I please as long as I don't hurt anyone else. It's okay. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. Our sin not only affects you. Your sin not only affects you. Your sin, just your sin, it affects all of us here today. Because if just one person in this church is doing wrong, don't you see how that keeps our entire church from being at our very, very best for God? What is done in private has a public effect. All sin corrupts. My sin cannot be isolated from yours, and your sin cannot be isolated from me. This is my last point here in this message, but in Joshua chapter 7, the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, there he is. Son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Achan, or did the Lord's anger burn against all of Israel? His anger burned against all of Israel. Verse 2, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon to the east of Bethel, and told them, I want you guys to go up and spy out the region and see how difficult it's going to be. We just crushed Jericho. What are we going to do to have to defeat Ai? So the Bible says they went up and they spied out the land, Ai, verse 3. When they returned to Joshua, they said, hey, Joshua, no big deal. Not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Let's just send two or 3,000 men up there to take. And do not weary all the people, for there's only a few guys up there in Ai. Verse 4, so about 3,000 men went up there, but they were routed by the men of Ai who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries, struck them down on the slopes, and at this the hearts of the people melted and became like what? Water. But what did God say in verse 11? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have them and they have their own possessions. Put them with their own possessions. Verse 12. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. And then God said these words, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Doesn't seem right, does it? We all know that one teacher's sin can ruin the reputation of an entire school. We know that one husband's sin can have a devastating effect on the entire family. We know that one preacher's sin can destroy the entire congregation. One student's sin can hurt an entire classroom. And one Christian's sin can disrupt the entire body of Christ. As we close, 
I want you to write this down, and, and again, everybody has difficult with this story, and you won't have any difficult with this story if you understand this one point. Write this down. God desires purity. God wants every single person in this church to have a heart that's pure. Is that hard to understand? No. What's hard is for us to make those decisions in our life to confess those sins and to repent of those sins and to turn to God. And I have to say this again. I've said it once, but I I, I have to say this. If you would only come today and turn your life over to God fully, repent of those sins. He already knows. He already knows but he's waiting on you to come. And if you'll take that step of faith, he will remove that sin and the guilt of that sin, and you'll no longer have to live your life any longer on this planet with the weight and the worry of what you've done. But he's not going to do it of and by himself. He does it freely. He does it full of grace and mercy, but he's waiting for you to take that first step. I just want to read these verses to you. 1 John 1, 9, you should know these verses. If, everybody say if. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of these sins, and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 103, verse 10, 11, and 12, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Can someone say amen? He does not repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Acts 3 verse 19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out and that times of refreshing like a waterfall will come from who? Will come from the Lord. And isn't that what you want? A time of refreshing? (laughs) Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according with the riches of God's grace. And I love 1 John 2, 1 and 2, if anyone, if anyone, I don't care where, I don't care what section you're in, what row you're on, If anyone sins, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the entire what? The entire world. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888 818 4777. That number again is 888 818 4777. 
we have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.